Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. I am your co-host, Justin Knott, and for the time being, it is just me um, on the microphone as Kelly is on maternity leave right now as we welcomed our first little baby, Adeline Marie. So I'm really excited about the topic today, and what we're talking about is local SEO, specifically for healthcare practices. And if you were not able to attend a recent webinar that I did with a medical device organization called Cure Medics, I really wanted to kind of take what I did in that webinar and do kind of a streamlined, condensed version of that for our audience. And I'm really excited about the topic. This is honestly one of my passions and, and loves inside of the agency that we do because I think it's really cool to see direct cause and effect of the things we're going to talk about today being implemented. And as a result, watching your rankings, your visibility, your website traffic, and your appointments increase as a result. And the awesome thing is, is a lot of this stuff is done for free. So what I really want to focus on is kind of helping navigate the waters of local SEO and answer a lot of kind of common things as far as how do I get started? Why does it really matter? Uh, Because it can be a very confusing road to navigate this local search engine ecosystem. And so what I really am going to lay out today is kind of the components that are involved in local SEO, the components that matter the most at least, and kind of break down each one of those into some more detail So you leave with a good grasp and understanding of kind of what to do next in terms of ranking higher for your subspecialty for procedures or conditions that you do. So first off, you may have heard the term a lot, kind of SEO. So SEO is search engine optimization. Essentially what that means is optimizing your website um, to perform better in search engines like Google in this instance. In particular, local SEO means doing that specifically in a local search environment. So those near me searches, Google has gotten more and more and more hyper-localized over the last two to three years. That's been prevalent in the rise of Google My Business, which we're going to talk a lot about today. It was originally kind of a Google knowledge graph that has then morphed into its entire own kind of listing and ecosystem that has become a pivotal, pivotal component of local SEO. You will see because it'll be one of the major topics that we talk about today. The reason why it matters so much in healthcare is most patients are not willing to drive more than maybe 20 to 30 minutes max for their point of care services. Obviously, COVID has introduced in rapid fashion, more of an acceptance of telehealth care. But a lot of the things that y'all as providers do still require kind of foot traffic, people coming through the door and actually kind of getting your hands on them, so to speak, from a point of care standpoint. And with that said, we spend most of our time when we do local SEO for clients, really honing in on how do we improve rankings for our clients in a 15 to 20 mile radius around each one of their practice locations for what it is that they do and want to rank for the most. So the reason why it really matters is the statistic is 71% of patients 
for physicians and surgeons go online and they do research before they book an appointment. They run a search. So they sit down at their their desktop computer, their laptop, or probably a mobile device, and they do a search. And there's a couple of different reasons why they do that. They're either looking to kind of solve a pain point, and we'll talk about the different types of searches, or they're even simply looking to do research on you as a provider or a practice. And that involves your reputation and some other components. But that statistic is going to only continue to grow. I think it's already probably eclipsed the 80% mark. So you're literally talking about eight out of 10 patients that walk through the door of your practice or book an appointment with you more than likely have done some level of research on you or found you doing a Google search. So that's why it is so critical for you to be implementing a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about on this podcast and make sure that you're winning those searches that patients are doing in your area. But as we get started and we're going to kind of break down each of these components is what happens when a patient sits down to do a search. And I think it's really important to understand what from a weighted averages standpoint is the biggest influencers over what's coming up in as far as what they're seeing from a local search rankings perspective, understanding that because that shapes a lot of the things that we want to focus on that matter the most. And we're only going to focus on the things that are in our control. And what I mean by that is there are aspects of a search experience that occur online that we simply don't have any control over. And a lot of that has to do with behavior. So a individual's past search on their mobile or their desktop device is going to influence what they'll see moving forward. It's going to, Google uses rank, or what we call rank brain, as well as very sophisticated algorithms to continue to kind of learn each individual user search pattern and what they're really looking for, whether they specifically know it or not, to try to present the most accurate information as possible. Because Google's really in the search experience game, if we keep that in mind. So we can't control behavior. We can't control what somebody has been searching historically. That's going to influence the search rankings that they may get. And we also can't control personalization. And what I mean by that is where they are. It's why, as I mentioned, Google has become more and more localized. If I do a search for a dermatologist near me, I'm not going to get results, me sitting in Orlando right now, for people in Denver, Colorado. And nor would what I want to. So we can, again, control where they are geographically. The things that we can control, and I'm going to talk about them in the descending order really quickly, and then we'll get in more detail, is your Google My Business. Your Google My Business takes up about a quarter or 25%, as best we can tell, of the influence over a local search ranking and the search results that you receive. If you, again, type in something like knee surgeon near me, your Google My Business is going to carry the highest level weighted factor. So we want to put a lot of instance on that. Next is links. And links are in, made up of defer, several different things. Backlinks, those can be guest posts pointing to your website. They can be citations such as like your health grades and your vitals that have a link to your website, which we're going to talk about um, individually as well. But links, both high, do, high domain authority links, as well as niche level links. So links coming from healthcare related um, or specialty related websites and then local links. So that could be your local newspaper, um, their digital publication, all of those different kind of things. Next up, reviews. 
And links to carry about a 16% weight, reviews a 15%. So they're pretty closely tied um, for a second, essentially. What's interesting is reviews drive Google My Business and Google My Business drives rankings. So it's actually kind of, if you couple reviews and Google My Business together, as far as your Google My Business matters the most and getting reviews on your Google My Business matter even more, it really could be 30 to 40 plus percent is getting your Google My Business right and then you're getting reviews on it. And so next is on-page SEO and that is your website. So that's specifically the content on your site, how your site is structured to perform well in local search. And then you've got citations and citations are those physician listings or those directory listings like health grades and vitals and Apple Maps and Yelp and all of those kind of things. So when a patient sits down, so now that we kind of established what makes it up, let's talk about on the other side, because again, I think it's, under, it's important to understand not only what components influence a search result, but also how patients search, because that will influence the things that we need to do as far as the content on the website, as well as the things that are off of our site. And I've broken down kind of five different types of searches that a patient does. One is condition specific, and that is kind of say knee pain treatment near me. So they're looking to solve potentially a problem that they have today in regards to their health. And then the next is kind of the other side of that, and that is treatment specific. So we've got a knee pain treatment near me. So they're looking for how can I help my knee treat my knee pain? Then you've got treatment specific, which would say, for instance, in this case, be knee replacement near me. So we've got the cause and effect is how do we solve the issue of knee pain with a knee replacement? Then next we've got provider specific, and that is literally like the doctors, the names of your doctors in your practice. So Dr. John Smith, as an example, you will be really surprised when we do audits of sites both that are performing well and sites that need a lot of work from an optimization standpoint, nine out of 10 times, the providers in that practice, especially the bigger the reach and the longer they've been established, drive a substantial amount of organic traffic to their, your website as they should. But all, all, all too often, those pages for the providers are either missing or they're very, very under-optimized. So we may not even be ranking number one for provider name specific searches, which is just throwing away traffic. And then next up, you've got provider specialty. And that is like knee surgeon, in this case, Atlanta or Austin or um, San Francisco. So that is kind of the providers in your practice, the specialties that they do. Then the last, but certainly not least, is who you are as a practice. In this case, orthopedic practice, Orlando. So those are the different types of searches, and it's important to kind of put yourself in the patient's shoes of the different ways that they could be searching to find the things that you do. So now that we understand kind of how all of this is broken down, um, I want to talk specifically to some of these areas that I've hit on. First, by getting started on the Google My Business side of things, because it is so important, I want to address that first. So when we look at a Google My Business profile, there's a couple things that we really want to make sure that we keep in mind in terms of getting the best bang for your buck um, in optimizing a Google My Business profile. And number one is you got to claim and verify it. 
that is a no-brainer. You need to get your, your listing verified because it doesn't allow you to have a lot of the items visible on the front end of your listing. It doesn't give you access to the analytics and insights that your Google My Business has. And just plain and simple, you're never, ever going to outrank people who have even done the very bare bones and claimed and verified their, their Google My Business listing. Make sure you fill out once you've done that. It's really simple, but leave no stone unturned. Is fill out as much of your profile as you possibly can. Every single detail from all of the different links they ask for to the services you provide, everything. The more complete your profile, the more trust score you'll have with Google that this is a real entity, they're really doing business. They are who they say they are, all of those things. Next up is your business description. So as you're filling that stuff out, you have to write up to 750 characters. So about two paragraphs of content that you can, you don't have to fill all of it out, but you have that much space. This business description uh, is really important when it comes to ranking well. And I'm going to go into a little bit more specific detail on how you should structure that in just a second. Next is your contact details. They really need to match everywhere, including your other listings. But most importantly, they need to match the information that exists and sits on your website. So make sure the hours of operation, your website URL, all of that good stuff is matching. Get photos up there. Um, Add tracking number. You can add a tracking number. Um, There are insights inside of Google My Business that will show you how many calls on a rolling 28-day window that you have had from your Google My Business profile. If you want to take it a step further from sophistication, you can add a tracking number to that. Uh, There was an an adage that, or kind of a train of thought that said, we need unification to all of our listings. So if you have a number, a phone number that is different on Google My Business than the rest of your citations, you're going to damage your rankings. That has all but gone out the window. Google has gotten much smarter and much more sophisticated. So for the most part, and even going with kind of our agency partnership from a tracking standpoint and having talked to them and they've run hundreds of thousands of data points and analysis on this, there is really no cause and effect anymore between having a tracking phone number that you need to your Google My Business so you can track all those phone calls and run reports and hurting your listings because your name, address, phone number information is slightly different. And last but certainly not least is getting your Google My Business properly integrated onto your website. It's really critical because not just embedding a Google map that has your address on it, but your actual Google My Business that shows that little kind of like card, so to speak, overlaid on the map that has your name, your phone number, the number of reviews. And if you click on it, it will take and open up a Google My Business listing because that creates a direct integration between your website and your Google My Business, which is really important for local SEO. So I'll have a, a, a visual um, inside of the post, but to kind of describe when you are formulating or when you're creating a business description, as I mentioned, I've created kind of a simple formula that works both for if it's, we're talking about a location, Google My Business, so a practice location, or if you as an individual provider are trying to optimize your Google My Business. And that is really who plus what plus where in your first sentence. And what I mean by that is who, either your name as a provider or the name of your practice, what, as far as what you do as a practice or as a specialty as a provider and where. 
where you are located from a city standpoint. Those three things are really important components to nail right off of the bat because it sets the tone. It takes the guesswork out for Google about who I am, what I do, and where I'm at. And so, for instance, is you could say like infectious disease consultants of Georgia is an infectious disease practice in Roswell, Georgia. That answers the who, infectious disease consultants, what they do, they're an infectious disease practice and where they're at. They're in Roswell, Georgia. So keep that in mind when you're structuring it um, because that will help a lot kind of give you a leg up from the competition. And a little kind of a side note when you are completing the profiles is the category section in your Google My Business profile is probably the most important thing to get right. It's an easy thing to get wrong, but you must get it right. The way it works is that it's one plus four as far as you get one primary category and then you can add a bunch of additional categories, but they really are only going to take into consideration the first four. So you want to make sure your primary category is spot on, super, super accurate. Because all too often I've seen, say, a spine surgeon, there's a spine surgery category on Google My Business, and I've seen spine surgeons list themselves as doctor. You're missing a huge, huge opportunity. Like listing yourself as a doctor or surgeon, which are both two categories and additional categories, is well and good. But if you're a spine surgeon, you need spine surgeon as your primary category. Now, there, there are several hundred categories, and Google is expanding on those, but you may not always find exactly what you're looking for. But you just want to make sure it's as close to as accurate as possible um, when you choose your primary category plus your additional categories. Um, so make sure that you take that in consideration. And then what I alluded to is getting your GMB, your Google My Business, properly integrated onto your website. And that goes for your location pages, for your location Google My Businesses, or as a provider onto your provider pages. And the easiest way to do that is obviously your webmaster can help you integrate the code onto your site. But if you go to your front-facing Google My Business, you'll see an option that says share. You can click share and you can toggle over to the embed a map option. And there will be a little snippet of code that will allow you to directly embed your Google My Business, which will be really, really important. So I want to talk a little bit about reviews and the role that that reviews play because they're carrying even more and more weight. And I'm sure by now you have heard about the importance of growing reviews for your practice. Well, I kind of want to break down a little bit of the why and how it influences local search. And surprisingly enough, and I think a lot of people don't realize this, is in a survey that was recently done by Bright Local, they do tons and tons of surveys every single year. They're a really reputable um, organization inside of our space. Reputation and searching for reviews and reputation matters more in healthcare as a provider or a doctor than any other industry, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, that's above skilled professionals. So like doing research on your plumber or any of those people or law, your lawn guy or even restaurants and bars. You would think that those would be above it as far as everyone looks at reviews on a plumber that's going to come to their house, or if you're going to a restaurant, you typically will Google it and look at reviews. But almost 10% more, so a, a large by a large factor above skilled professionals or restaurants, doctors and medical groups, reputation matters more there. So it's really, really critical that we do not ignore this for twofold. It really, really matters to patients like eight out of 10, again, not only are doing searches, but are reading 
reviews on you or your practice before walking through the door. So not only is it a part of the kind of what we call the purchase process or the appointment booking process in this case, it also has a very large factor in your rankings. And how it does that is if you do a search um, for say like tennis elbow treatment near me or skin cancer removal, all too oftentimes in that local three pack, kind of the map where it has those three results right under the map, you will see a snippet of a review by one of those people and it will actually bold some of the text in the review that matches some of the words in your search. Um, so I went ahead and I did like a tennis elbow treatment near me and it has a, one of the top three map search results has a snippet that says, I went back to get treated for tennis elbow and he had me fixed in dot, dot, dot. And the skin cancer removal example, it literally has an excerpt that says dot, 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 a difficult skin cancer removal period, prompt and timely for dot, dot, dot. So it's literally Google smart enough to pull out and extract matching keyword information out of contextual reviews on a profile. So that's huge because it creates not only do reviews increase your trust score with Google because it's saying consumers are validating what you do and who you are, but it also increases relevancy when you have when you get lucky enough to have keywords actually in some of your reviews as patients leave them. So they're really, really critical to keep in mind. Now, when we are looking at, we've talked a lot about Google, but where should you start focusing reviews and reputation management on? And I always say, and we tell clients, follow what I've coined the Google and rule. And what that means is you want to build reviews on Google and whatever kind of secondary, you always want to give a secondary option because while something like 70 or 80% of people have a Gmail, you can't leave a review on Google unless you do have one. So in the circumstance that they do not, you want to give a patient an out another way because somebody, again, like 85% of patients like here and now are actively logged into their Facebook, for instance, the Facebook app or the Facebook um, website in their browser on their mobile device. So Give them the option to leave a review on Facebook or if it's a provider on your health grades or your vitals. We always do a really quick search for our um, providers or practice and see kind of what secondary platform needs reviews the most outside of their Google, whether it's because they've developed a bad reputation on it or they simply just don't have a lot of reviews. So kind of keep that in mind. And when we talk about reviews, I think there's a, I, I have some kind of do's and don'ts and I think they're really important either non-starters or things you need to make sure that you're doing when you are building reviews. One of them simple enough is just be proactive. Most bad reputations in the healthcare and medical space are developed out of a lack of, or really just being completely passive. So never, ever asking patients for good reviews. As a result, you've probably heard the statistic, you're like seven times more likely to leave a bad review if you're unhappy. That is super true. The, the thing that on this goes with the kind of don'ts that I have that stop people, I think, from ever getting out of the gate on a review generation uh, workflow or, or process in their practice is they're really, really worried about well, all of the, the patients that are pissed off about their insurance bill or maybe they waited a little too long. And it usually has very, very little to do with actual point of care, like you, uh, uh, how skilled you are as a provider, it's usually always something else ancillary that caused that prompts a bad review. 
So they never get started because they're worried about the what if, what if I get some bad reviews. The problem is that I think even more than seven times likely, patients are, are even more likely to leave a good review if they are simply asked. You don't have to worry about the people that are pissed off. They're going to find you and they're going to leave a review whether you ask them or not. The same cannot be said about people leaving positive reviews. People are just, myself included, are kind of inherently, I, won't, I don't want to say lazy, but just like it's not like you leaving a review for you is low on their priority list of, of things I got to do today. So if it doesn't land in my lap, as far as you don't ask me or you don't send an email or a text message request, I'm not going to do it. So that's why you need to be proactive about doing it because if you don't and you passively just kind of cross your fingers and hope all the people that love you and think you're the best doctor in the world are going to leave a review, you're being naive. It's just not going to happen. You're not that important. And I hate to say that, but it's just the reality is people are going to go about, can continue to go about their day and think nonetheless. But if you were willing to just ask them, they're like, yeah, sure. I love him. I'm happy to support him and get back by, by leaving a positive social proof and leaving a review. You got to get your employees on board if you're going to have success. That's why I think levering, leveraging a software is so key. But either way, we're going to talk about that. Um, you need to get employees on board to have a successful review generation program. Next, and this goes both sides, is do's and don'ts, is be very careful in how you respond from a HIPAA standpoint to reviews. You have to follow Google, Google best practices. Google recommends responding to all reviews. You just have to be careful because healthcare is a weird area as far as you can't like just in your review response, put the patient having been in your practice. You can't talk about patient care or their diagnoses or anything like that. So there's a lot of gray areas. So we say kind of keep it simple and just say, thank you for taking the time to leave the review and call it a day. Um, and then you want to make sure you balance out your provider and your location review growth over time because both do really matter. As we talked about, people are searching for things the practice does from a search standpoint, as well as they also are searching for individuals and providers. When you are growing it, also keep in mind, as you do get new reviews in, share them to the world, get them up on your website, get them up on your social media. I'd say probably more in healthcare than any other social proof or patient testimonials carry a tremendous amount of weight because of how intimate the patient health experience and journey is to people is they really, really care about obviously what the outcomes are going to be and they want to be kind of be able to put themselves in other people's shoes by reading reviews. So how can you go about growing reviews? Uh, there's a couple different options. Um, again, going back without kind of shamelessly plugging like what we do and our software that we have, it really comes down to what you think works best for yourself, you're most comfortable with in your patient population. I just always warn people the more efforts required and the more um, human capital is required as far as keeping it a front of mind by like having your employees ask or hand cards every time people leave, the less likely it is to succeed because it'll ultimately, as things get busy, which they always do inside of the world of, of medical and a practice, it's going to get thrown to the wayside. So, but handing business cards, I've seen people do, I've seen them just tell people to go on the website. You have a link up on your website, the links to Google, simply asking people um, there's those kiosks, those iPad kiosks. You have to be careful with the iPad kiosks because when you leave a review from an iPad, 
it can pick up the same Wi-Fi or same IP address for every single review that has been left. Even if people are logging into their Gmail account every time and leaving your individual review. So Google could potentially flag that as saying like, well, they've got 200 reviews and they've all come from the same Wi-Fi or same, essentially same IP address and say, "Mm, is this spammy or not? It's a case by case basis, but that's something to kind of keep into consideration. On the other side of it is is automating it, is leveraging technology that exists nowadays to, in a HIPAA compliant manner, um, grow reviews. And so sending out SMS, text messages, or emails, or typically a blend of both, to request as close to a patient point of care interaction, a review request from a patient. And that is a really easy way to kind of, without bogging down your existing workflows, integrate these processes and, and have a lot of success. And so that kind of moves us now that we've talked about the kind of the Google My Business side, the review side, and now we talk about kind of the other what we call citations or physician directories that exist outside of just your Google My Business and why they really matter a lot. One major thing, and when I say citations and physician directories, that's an interchangeable term for the most part. Um, In this case, specific to healthcare, we're talking about like your health grades, your vitals, all of those different types of physician profiles. Um, One big reason is just plain and simple. They get millions and millions and millions of patient visitors as an aggregate whole, these listings platforms do. So you want to make sure that you're giving yourself the best shot to rank well on those platforms. Another thing is that if you type in your name right now as a a physician, I would be shocked if health grades, vitals, care dash, rate MD, are not on the first or second page of your search results. So you want to make sure when somebody is searching for you, they're going to find those listings, that all of those listings are super accurate. And the more accuracy we have and more unification across all of those major directories, um, the better we're going to perform actually with our Google My Business. Because your Google and your Google My Business are actually crawling the internet and looking at all of your other citations, looking at your website, all those things. And the more accuracy they see and more unification they see across them, the more, again, trust score and confidence they have that you're a real person or you're a real practice. And this is really what we do. But keep in mind, there are so many different platforms that are out there, especially um, healthcare, uh, for sure, maybe outside of attorneys, there are an endless array of directories. So don't ignore your niches, like the big ones like HealthGrade, Vitals, CareDash. You also could have a lot of specialty-specific directories. Like I know there's like a psychiatry or psychology today if you're a psychologist, those kind of things. Your high domain authorities, that is Google My Business, your Facebook, Apple, City Search, a lot of the big national ones. You want to make sure you claim those. And local directories is because we are talking about local SEO today is you want to have your local directories all claimed up. And that could be like your local newspapers that have an online local business directory. Your chamber of commerce is worth the three or 400 bucks to join just to get that local backlink. So a lot of those local listings really, again, verify and reaffirm where you are in the terms of Google. And I do recommend, again, it's not to plug our, there's tons of different solutions out there for what we call listings management. But from a budget standpoint and investment standpoint, I think these this is one of the, I think, easier things to get off your plate. I've been doing it for years and years and years, and I will attest. And so would I think anybody that's that's been inside of our space for a long time. 
there are so many platforms out there and they are so difficult for you to go out. You, you, if you do claim you're going to get hit up by advertisers like Yelp, if you claim your profile, you may not even be able to claim it. Like both health grades and vitals have essentially become obsolete as far as you being able to manually go in and grab your profile and fill it out and claim it like you used to be able to five to seven years ago. So you may not even be able to get access to those, which could cause a lot of problems. Say you leave your fellowship and you go to your first practice, um, you may not be able to update that. And then you're literally at the hands of Vitals algorithms to crawl Google and crawl your website and figure out, oh, this guy is somewhere else or this gal is somewhere else. We need to update their information. Listings are typically pretty affordable to contract somebody out to help you do So I really recommend if you are investing in marketing, this is one thing you should definitely just kind of get off your plate um, because it's very time consuming and to try to do it yourself, it's going to be hard to be successful and you're not going to be able to do a lot of it. You're not going to be able to track a lot of the kind of the listings analytics across all of it. So that's just kind of a, a recommendation that I have. And last, but really kind of certainly not least is moving off kind of from offsite that we've been talking about off your website onto your website and how your website plays a very large role in how you rank in local search results. And so I want to break down kind of the four major, really 30,000 foot high level things that matter the most as it relates to your website and improving local rankings for what it is that you want to rank for conditions, treatments, surgeries, Uh, specialty specific stuff, all the things that we've been talking about today, probably number one, and it's surprising how often this is overlooked and is one of the easiest things to do is individual location pages for every major main location that you have, because you cannot rank one location page that you list all of your geographical locations on for all of the geographical areas you want to rank for. You need an individual page that has a very specific title tag with your specialty and your location. So like like you're, say you're in, let's see, Palm Beach, for instance, and you are a dermatology group. And so you've got, a, you've got a Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and Palm Beach location. You want to have a location page for each of those. And the reason being is in your, your Palm Beach one, you can have the title tag, say like dermatology practice in Palm Beach. You can have supportive service information on that page. The provider's that see people at that location and you can integrate your Google My Business on there. So you can get really, real specific for that geographical area. So you want to make sure that you do that. The same thing rings true for providers. You want individual, especially for the MDs and DOs, like the medical providers in your practice, you want to have individual pages for each of them. Again, what I was talking about earlier you'd be surprised how much traffic just people searching for your providers by name will drive to your site. And that will ensure that you rank number one and not vitals or health grades or or maybe if they're affiliated with a hospital, the hospital directory listing that they may have on the site. It's really, really critical that you get that right. And when doing so, there's a few things to keep in mind on that provider page is get Reviews, like we were talking about, integrated for social proof. Get your Google My Business for that provider, again, integrated. And when you're structuring the title tag, don't forget to add the specialty that they are in it. What I mean is don't just have like Dr. John Smith slash the name of your practice. You need Dr. John Smith is an orthopedic surgeon in Knoxville 
And then if you've got room in the title tag, which you probably won't, then you can add your, the name of your practice, but make sure you, you add your specialty and kind of where they mainly practice in there. And this is another kind of really major one that I see don't fall when it comes to services and conditions and treatments that you focus on in your practice, don't fall victim to the dreaded list of services. And what I mean by that is you have a services page that has a bulleted list of all the things that you treat or all the surgeries and procedures that you perform. You're never going to, again, be all things to Google on that one page. And the more competitive of an area you're in and the more competitive of a procedure or treatment that we're talking about, the more critical it is that you have a very specific dedicated page on all things related to that topic. Typically, we want it 500 plus words. We want to answer the critical kind of what, why, how, kind of what is this treatment um, or, or symptom, what causes it, how do we treat it, um, how long does it take to recover from it, like all of the details that clients or sorry, patients may want. And that's another way that you can also include a lot of FAQs because that can help not only lengthen the content and strengthen the content on your page, but it'll also help you rank for what we call long tail search queries. And those are kind of the question-based searches that patients are asking, like how long does it take to recover from a knee replacement? Those kind of things. So keep that in mind, but I say it. And if you've listened to our material, you've run into it. It's another thing that I've kind of coined is if you want to rank for it, you need a page for it. And that from a 30,000 foot level is exactly what I'm talking about here is if you want to rank well for the things that you do, you need well thought out content on each of the things that you do. So please keep that in mind. And then as we kind of wrap up, uh, something I don't want to forget to, I don't want to just gloss over is it's really important to leverage uh, dynamic call tracking um, because what I'd hate to happen is you take the advice that I've given and implement some of this stuff or you go out and you find an agency or an expert to do this for you and you forget to track the results and performance that should result from a lot of these things. Forms and patient books, filling out forms is only half the battle. The other part of that data is calls, people calling your practice. So make sure you have a good call tracking tool that should be able to tell you the source of that um, information, like the call tracking that we use inside of our organization for our clients, for instance, can tell it's a call tracking phone number pool. So when somebody enters the website, whether it's from an ad that we're running or doing the organic search stuff that we're talking about, so say we're ranking really high for skin cancer treatment and they click on that page and they come into the site and they pick up the phone and they call to schedule um, a, a free skin cancer evaluation or, or whatever it may be. We track all that information and same with the Google My Businesses. So literally the reports for our clients show like all the calls broken down in a pie chart plus on a, um, a table and it shows like all the sources like your Google My Business, organic, direct Google ads, Facebook ads, social media, all of that kind of stuff. Because again, I'd hate for you to do a killer job and then your test for it's working is the I feel busier test. Well, I feel busier and we've got more appointments booked. So make sure you keep that in mind. So that's it. I mean, that's uh, that are that kind of takes care of a lot of the major things that I recommend 
that we do for clients day in and day out with great success. And a lot of this stuff, as I mentioned, is pretty simple. Um, or you can enlist the services of somebody to help you with it. But doing these things right give you a huge leg up from other local competition and will help you continue to grow in visibility and rank better for the things that you do as a practice or as a provider. And that even goes for, say, you providers out there that work for a large hospital system and you are trying to rank better for the things that you do. If you can, again, some some are restricted, but if you can, you have some freedom focusing on getting your Google My Business claim, getting all of that stuff filled out, asking patients for reviews and growing your reviews can really do a lot in terms of helping you rank locally. And if you can take it a step further and say, create a microsite around your subspecialty with your information, that's another great avenue. But even that alone, the reviews and Google My Business stuff, even if you work for a, um, a larger health system, can go a really long way from kind of taking some of the power back yourself and helping grow your visibility in a local search environment. Well, thank you guys so much. I love, as always, talking shop. Um, please reach out if there's anything that we can ever help um, to, to help your practice grow and to reach new patients. And I will see you on the next episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. Thank you for listening to today's latest episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify, or you can sign up to receive the latest episode via email. Just check it out on my agency website or my personal website. And if you are looking for more amazing healthcare marketing information or just to engage, check us out at entropy.com. And for any of my amazing physician liaisons out there interested in growing their physician referrals or learning the strategies that it takes to build highly engaged physician referral networks. Check out my website, kellynot.com, where I have free webinars, free downloads, and of course, my online physician liaison training course, Physician Liaison University. And as always, I'm a huge believer in connecting, engaging, and supporting one another. And the best way we can do that is networking. And I always, always connect with you guys on social media. And one of my biggest social media platforms is LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter at Kelly Knott. And thank you guys again for listening to the Patient Convert Podcast with your host, Kelly Knott.